We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome once again into Mel Tucker's Inside Zone, the weekly podcast here at the University of Colorado with the head football coach of the Buffaloes. I'm voice of the Buffs, Mark Johnson, along with the head coach. Buffs are 1-0 coming off a 52-31 win over Colorado State last week down in Denver. And it is Nebraska week here in Colorado. That's always big things. And that's why, Coach, I think the guy we've got on today here on the podcast is the perfect person to have right before the Nebraska game, don't you think? Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind to have Alfred Williams here uh, on the the week of the Nebraska game is is special to me. One of the greatest players in the history of CU football, let let alone the the college football in general. Uh, Alfred, what does – what comes to mind when you think about the CU Nebraska game? You know, the one thing that comes to mind uh, for me is how intense. I guess that's the one word. If I had to use this one word to describe uh, the relationship from my viewpoint as a college athlete and a fan watching uh, the University of Colorado and playing in the game, it's just really, really intense. I just remember. Um, the intensity always ratcheting up before the game because it meant so much at the end of the year. And it meant whether or not you won the Big A, whether or not you have a chance for a national championship, whether or not um, uh, all the postseason awards that go along with playing well in the big season games, all of those things are on the line. And you have the entire audience uh, that is involved with college football 
that is doing that game. It was just a, it was just spectacular, coach. It was off the chain. You know, Alfred, I understand you're going to be the honorary captain uh, this weekend for this ball game for the Buffaloes. How, how about that? And listen, that was a pretty reserved answer for you when it comes to Nebraska week, man. I was expecting just a little bit more energy out of you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, I, I was going to tell you what I really remember about the Nebraska, <laughs> and I, I, I can because it was the uh, it was probably the worst moment I've ever had as uh as an athlete and i'll tell you what it is and 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 you'll understand why my intensity for the week kind of ratchets up uh, when we start talking about it i remember playing nebraska in 1990 and i'm not saying this is all nebraska fans but as we were going back into the locker room uh after the 89 season where we lost the national championship going back into the locker room um there was one fan in particular um that had a sign that said, where is Sal and Nessie now? Oh, no. You know what oh. I'm saying? And this was in 1990. This was the year after Sal passed away. And, of course, we, we, we were fueled by Sal and uh, his, his, his legacy at the university and how he was just such a positive person. And when I saw that sign, man, you know, as the captain of the team, I didn't say much most of the season because I think most of it, you know, most every position group had somebody who was uh, in a position of leadership that was – um, upperclassmen, so I didn't have to say much, but that was the that was the only time in my life as the captain for the University of Colorado that I had to address the team because I had to let them know and let them understand uh, that these people uh, didn't respect us and they thought what we did last year was uh, fluky and it, it just set off a whole brand new level of competitiveness in me that you know I didn't even know I had. You know, mm. most of the time, just tell you the truth, playing college football. I could just go out and do my job and, and pretty much just get it done. But in that game, there was a little something extra. Well, I'll tell you what, man, hearing that that story right there, I mean, I wasn't even there and it hits me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't I don't even know if I'm going to be the lead office tonight, man. That That's that's incredible, man, just to, to hear that. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I really appreciate you sharing that, sharing that with me. I mean, that, that means – that means a lot, man. This is a this is a big game for all of us, um, and I just want you to know, man, that that we're all in over here. Our coaches and our players, you know, we understand the magnitude of uh, of this game, not just um, this game, but the magnitude of CU football and what it means to so many people. And if it wasn't if it weren't for guys like you, you know, there would be no us. And so I really appreciate everything you put into this program, big guy. Coach, you know, uh, as I talked to you earlier in the uh, in the in the campaign when you got to the University of Colorado, um, I felt so comfortable with you as the head coach because I just understand the opportunity that existed for you, and you chose to be part of this program after being chased around by other programs out there in the country and being able to visit you in your environment. I just felt so comfortable. You know, I I found myself up at the university uh, this past off-season five or six times. That's the most I think I've been up there since I was in school in the off-season. So uh, I'm really attracted to what you're doing, the type of people that you've brought in, and the level of professionalism that you've brought to the university. I think it's, uh, I think it's really refreshing. I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, I was really attracted to this place because of the tradition. Um, and the tradition is really, you know, you win with people, and it's, it's great coaches in the past and great players. What was it about uh, CU – that um, 
that attracted you, you know, coming out of high school? What were some of the things that you looked at? And, and ultimately, obviously, you had a, you had a lot of choices because um, you were a great player. Uh, what were some of the, the, the key, um, the key um, things about CU that you looked at? Well, the, one of the things that uh, was attractive to me was, you know, I'll tell you two real reasons, okay? And, and I won't, I won't, uh, I won't give you the normal cliche. I'll give you the truth on this, okay? At the time, uh, I was playing high school football in the state of Texas, and I was a highly recruited guy across the country. And I was in a region that was uh, where SMU had just gotten a death penalty, mm-hmm. and. This was in the 1986 season, and I, and, and I was involved in the recruiting process. And while I was going through the recruiting process, there were still some things that were a little shady, a lot shady, hmm. <laughs> a lot of shady things that were still going on. And right. the University of Colorado was not involved in any of it. And uh, without having the name of the universities that I thought would be on the death penalty or, uh, or receive substantial uh, NCAA violations and caused them to lose game. I just thought uh, that, you know, during that time period, you know, my high school coach was Roland Rogers who told me that if I took money, took other gifts from universities, that I would be beholden to them for the rest of my life. And he said, don't take anything. And the first person who offers you something, just, 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 just tell them no, thank you, and scratch them off the list. Wow. And so I kind of went through recruiting like that. <laughs> you know, that, that, was right. my whole, that was my whole recruiting deal. Was hey, uh, you know, you know, that was a different time though. That was a much different time. You know, as soon as somebody offered something, I just scratched them off my list. Wow. And uh, Coach Mack, you know, never offered anything other than an opportunity to come to the University of Colorado and and play uh, play for the Buffaloes and. And he, he promised me a quality uh, education and, and, and quality staff. And that's all I really was looking for. I didn't want to be hot. And that's another thing. I did not want to be hot. <laughs> and for a guy who grew up in Houston, Texas, where I played football, and when I played at, in Houston, Mark, you probably don't understand this, but when I played and I put those pads on, right. they never got dry until the end of the season. And they just felt so icky on Good on me. So when I got to Colorado and I got that good, cool weather, man, I was in heaven, man. I was in heaven. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> I'll make sure I keep that in mind as I'm recruiting Houston. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Al, do, do me a favor. I know that that's, that CU fans know about this, but I was telling Mel a little bit about it, about your background in high school. You, you were in the band. And, and kind of tell Mel that story to kind of you know fill him in on your background and, and how you eventually became one of the top recruits in America. Yeah, so when I started playing um, football at the University of Colorado, it, was, um, uh, it wasn't it was known that I was in the band when I was young. Um, so the way it worked out in the state of Texas, you play for your junior high school from ages 6th grade, 7th grade, and 8th grade. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you can play football is to play for your junior high school. So I go out for the football team when I'm in junior high. You know, I'm a tall, skinny kid. Coach looks at me, says, when I was a, a seventh grader, hey, look, we don't have a uniform for you. I said, uh, really? He said, yeah, I don't have a uniform for you. You know, you know, he looked at me up and down. I had these big old glasses on, you know, these Coke bottle glasses, big old skinny kid. And then the next, so I, I went on by my business. The next year, I'm in the eighth grade. I go out to play football again. 
And uh, he says, uh, look, man, uh, we, we don't have a uniform for you, man. I don't know what to tell you. So, <laughs> those two years, you know, in those two years, I joined the band. So in, in Texas, if you're not on the football team, the next best thing is the marching band. <laughs> okay. That's right. So I, and I was on the marching band as a freshman in high school. And I was in the uh, on the football team uh, as a freshman. And the only reason I went out for football is because I lost a bet to one of my best friends, Alfie Mitchell. <laughs> so, because I wasn't, I wasn't about to get embarrassed again by another coach telling me he, I don't have another uniform. So I got into a race with Alfie Mitchell, uh, the guy, you know, the guy grew up in the neighborhood with me, and and uh, he said, if I win, you got to at least come out for the team. So I go out for the team, and the wow. coach says. Uh, uh, what position you play, son? You know, I'm from the hood, so everybody plays quarterback. <laughs> so I'm, I'm playing quarterback, you know, out there with the team. Here I am, tall. They, they called me tall boy when I was in high school. You know, my coach called me tall boy. He said, come on, tall boy, let me see what you got. And so I'm out there throwing the ball. You know, all I knew how to do was a jump ball back when I was playing uh, oh, playing high, uh, uh, football in the hood. So, you know, that lasted for one day. Now, Coach, you got to hear this now. One day. The next day, I came back out there looking to go back out there to play with the quarterbacks and everything. Man, they put me over there with the defensive line. The <laughs> <laughs> third, third day, the big fella quit. <laughs> I, told them, I told them I was going back to the band. I didn't want to be uh, hitting that sled every single day. I didn't want to be part of that kind of physicalness that it took to play on the defensive line. And, and, and boy, heaven knows, man, maybe my godsend was to have Roland Rogers to step into my class, you know, and hold my hand and tell me that things were going to be okay. And wow. he was going to work with me personally. And, um, you know, he was, uh, he, was a, he was a big guy who played pro football with the Washington Redskins. My basketball coach played with the Boston Celtics. So I had these guys that were, had this, uh, immense amount of respect from the other athletes. Of course, I didn't know all this stuff. And and when he approached me, I trusted him. I went back out. Um, I told the band director that I was going to have to quit the marching band because I was <laughs> I was planning to go back into the marching band because I was at, I was at band. You know, I was going the band practice the next day. And so, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was it was it was a trip, man. It really was. Looking back at it. You know, if I don't if I don't have that coach to come and pursue me in the hallway to come out and play football, and because hmm. I'd never played before, you know, I probably would have just been a very proud member of the uh, Jesse Jones Marching Band, <laughs> the Mighty Mighty Falcons. That is outstanding. You know what, Mel? You need to do. We need to have a halftime ceremony for Elfie Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Up here, the, the guy that changed the course of CU football history. He got Alfred Williams to play football and uh, obviously win a national championship eventually. That's, that's incredible, man. I mean, you, you can write a book about just about that. I mean, but you know what? You're right, man. The, the coaching profession is still an honorable profession, and you have an impact on so many young men's lives. What? Um, tell us about Coach McCartney and your, your relationship with him and what, what he meant to you as, a, as the coach. Well, the one thing about um – the one thing about Coach Mack is, like I say, he never cheated, you know, and I, can, I hold that at a, uh, for the time period where I was part of college football, um, 
that says a lot for the recruiting process. That's right. The kind of guys that we got. You know, so many of my friends who ended up playing in the NFL always ask me, well, what did they give you at Colorado for all of you guys to go there? Nothing but an opportunity uh, to play when we were young, and that's mm-hmm. a big deal for a high school kid. Right. And the honesty and, and, and the stick-wittedness that it takes for a coach when you are a part of the process. And, and when I say stick-wittedness, sometimes when you are a young person and you are – on a uh, on a in, in a strange place without the knowledge of of the local scene, right? You want to quit. You want to quit. You want you want to go someplace else. You want something that's a little bit easier, right? And Coach Max probably his biggest strength, and I don't hear it talked about enough. Maybe his biggest strength is that he has a plan and he has the fortitude the intestinal fortitude to stick with it. And mm. that stick withiness is what made him such a great coach at the university. And he installed it in everybody. And he held everybody accountable. We held him accountable, too. Sure, that was right. the period there uh, at, at the University of Colorado when we thought Coach McCartney was about to be the head coach at Baylor. And we mm. questioned him up and down. Some of the best players in the history of Colorado were talking about a transferring from CU. Wow. But, wow. you know, because we – uh, had a discussion, and he explained to us what was going on and how he's going to be a Colorado Buffalo coach for life. It calmed everything down. I'll tell you, Coach Tucker, man, yep. but for the group of guys that were sitting in that room and to hear the conversation about who they had talked to and where they were going, it was incredible. But like like I said, you know, Coach Mack had this stick wittedness that was absolutely special. His vision and his understanding of what com- competition can do for a person. Sure. How would you bring out the best in you? Right. Always inspiring. No doubt about that. You know, and it's interesting, Al, hearing you talk about that and talking to all those guys that played under Coach Mack, there was a galvanizing quality he had that pulled different people from different backgrounds together and made you guys a team. I'll, I want to ask you this, though. When you look at this program, and, and, and listen, I've been here 15 years, and, and as you well know, we, we've, we've had some, some dry times, let's put it that way. When you look at Mel Tucker being here, what Rick George has done with the facilities, with the Champion Center, Bill, what's the what's the vision you have for this program in terms of what it's capable of now that Mel's here? I, I got to tell you this before we get to Coach Tucker. I got to tell you what Rick George has done at the University of Colorado. I could have never seen it coming. I could have never envisioned Amen. the University of Colorado having the type of facilities that they have right now and the type of environment that he has created around the athletic department, I think speaks volumes to where the university is going. You can't have Mel Tucker sign on a dotted line unless you have those facilities, unless you have a vision that takes you to the right place. And to, and to have an athletic director who play uh, 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 college football and understands the recruiting portion of it and understands what it means to compete like that, right. well, that's special. And so when I see Coach Tucker walk in the front door – and he's he's got this swagger about him that is uh, it, it is it's clear that he understands what this means, and he clearly understands that this job isn't too big for him. And you can feel that you can feel that as a as a former player, you know that this job isn't too big for him. Well, all you want to do then is just give him all the support that you can possibly give. And 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 when I say support, as a person who is on radio every day here in Denver on KOA. I can tell you with great confidence that I am more confident now 
going forward with Mel Tucker as the head coach, as I've been since hmm. Bill McCartney, or excuse me, since Gary Barnett. There you go. Left the coaching box uh, uh, when he when he when he said that was done. You know that was that's the last time I've had this much confidence in the coach in his first year. Well, I appreciate that, man. I can I can feel that. You know, I can feel the support. You know, I've gotten it since since day one. You know, our players can feel it. You know, everyone's moving in the same direction right now. And, you know, we're we're on a mission to get this thing back. You know, and as you know, uh, like you said, it's a process. It's not easy. But you know, there are so many people that keep asking me, why do you think you can get it done? And my whole deal is like, why not? You give me a reason why we can't get it done. I mean, that you gotta you gotta be kidding me. This place is one of the greatest places in the history of college football. Yep. And I feel like I feel like I've got the best job in the country. I really do. You know, I I, I think that you certainly have, if not the best job, one of the best jobs in, in college football because of the proximity to Denver, Colorado, because it's a uh, 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 because it's a research institution that has won so many uh, awards for the type of students and professors that it produces. It's a total experience at the base of the, of the mountains in Boulder, Colorado. I mean, it is straight up beautiful in Boulder, Colorado. Yep. You know, I have a son that's a freshman at the University of Colorado, and I tell you right now, every week, Coach, whether you're in town or not, I make it to Boulder once a week so I can have lunch with him on campus, right. off mm. campus, just to be around it, man. It's just off the chain. Yeah, it's it's off the chain. I drive in down to Rapaho uh, every morning, man. I see those mountains, man. It never gets old. I'm always like looking. I'm saying, is it is that is that real? <laughs> it it, it couldn't be. It looks like a postcard every it single is. day. It really, it really is. <laughs> well, Alfred, you, I mean, you've, uh, man, you got a you got a great story, and I mean, you you did it in the high school, you did it at the highest level in college, but. I mean, you had an outstanding pro career. You yep. know, what was it like, you know, being a first-round pick, you know, after winning all these awards in college, being a first-round pick and transitioning, you know, in, into the NFL? Um, obviously, that had to be a dream come true for you. Uh, you know what? To tell you the truth, Coach, it was not. I never thought I hmm. would be never thought wow. I would be in the NFL because that wasn't important to me. You know, mm. I got to tell you this great story. Now, now, you won't believe this, but this is the true story. <laughs> I love the University of Colorado so much that as we were going for our exit interviews with Coach McCartney, my junior year going to my senior year, there were rumors that I would leave the University of Colorado and enter into the NFL draft where where it was rumored that I would be a first-round draft pick when I was a junior. Right. So I walk into the office, and I'm talking to Coach Mack, and he's saying, hey, there's a lot of rumors out there about you leaving the University of Colorado and going to the NFL. I said, Coach, no, nah, that's not true. That's not true. He said, because, you know, we're getting a lot of reports. A lot of people are starting to hang around. That's when agents could kind of hang around the university. It's much different than it is now. Sure. Right. I said, uh, and I said, Coach, uh, that's not true. As a matter of fact, I want a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Tucker, you won't believe what he did, man. Coach Max had both elbows on the table. And his hands were folded over each other. And when he was talking to me, and then when I said I wanted to red shirt, he leaned back so cool in that chair. Let me tell you why that's not a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I 
tell you what, man, I, when I tell you I love my experience at the University of Colorado, <laughs> man, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't begin to express how much I loved it. I just mm. didn't want to leave, man. And, and, and so the the idea for me uh, as a competitive person is just not to let the guy across from me win. Uh-huh. You know, sure. I, don't, I didn't know it took you to the NFL. All I know is that I'm a competitive person. Right. So if they're going to keep score, we might as well win. That's right. So mm. that's, that's the way that I took everything in my life uh, up to this date. You know, like if, if there's a measurement tool to determine whether or not you are efficient, then certainly you want to be the most efficient person that you possibly could be. I've used it in my athletic career. I've used it in my business career. Uh, I use it when I'm talking when I'm talking to my sons and my daughter about about life and 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 what it means to compete. You know that some of those things are part of you, but some of it is forged through being in competition. And 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 I just never wanted to leave the University of Colorado. So when I finally made it to the NFL, I was disappointed. I was disappointed because. I didn't feel like um, the, the the level of competition was what I had when I was in college. And, and I wow. told a lot of my teammates this, and uh, maybe other people may say nonsense or whatever, you know, but I was losing. I lost in the NFL for my first four years, and and I was offered this big contract uh, and after my fourth year going to free agency, and I turned it down for an opportunity to go win with the San Francisco 49ers. It right. was a multi-million dollar deal. It was a big deal at the time. Hmm. And I went to go play for $400,000 because I wanted to win. I wanted to win. And then that led to the opportunity of a lifetime, which was to play in the city that I never left, Denver, Colorado. Right. So I played here, and I was around other competitive people, and especially a quarterback in John Elway who was ultra-competitive and that's how you get championships. I mean, you got to compete every day. You got to mm-hmm. compete in practice. You got to compete in scrimmages. You got to compete and compete in games and pre-games and, and regular season games. You know, I remember, I remember being in preseason games. Right. You know, playing my heart out, man. And and you know, the coach is pulling me out, saying, "Okay, that's it." You know, I'm like, <laughs> "Hey, look, man, I just got warmed up. I'm ready to go." Right. I just wanted, I just wanted, I just wanted a chance. To compete, man. I just love. I just love that part about athletics, and 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 maybe that's how I ended up being a first round draft pick because I wasn't thinking about, you know, who what the next level offered. All I wanted to do is dominate the guy from across from me. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm gonna make sure that all of our players listen to this podcast yeah. because that's what we're preaching every day. Man, you're so right, man. You know, competing every day and wanting to be the best. And, you know, not looking at the scoreboard, not looking at what's, you know, what's ahead, but competing like right now in the moment, that's how you become great, you know, day in and day out. And obviously you've done that. And and uh, it's, it's funny, there was, a, there was a kid, Roquan Smith, there was a first-round pick at Georgia a couple years ago, and he came out early and he was predicted to be a top-ten pick, and he didn't want to go. He wanted to come back. Love college. He wanted to come back and play, yeah. and play at Georgia. He wanted to come back and, and graduate and, and, and be there because he loved, he loved what we were doing so much. And so I can definitely relate to that. And that's the type of atmosphere we want to have here that we're building here where, you know, the player is just they, – they, they're playing not for – not because of they can go to the NFL or, or that. They, they really want to be buffs. Yeah. You know, they're playing for it. They're playing for their teammates. They're playing for the school. And that's really what's the that's the most important thing to them. And so uh, you're you're a great example of that. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Coach. One of the things that 
I try to impress upon all the kids that are young and going uh, to college and having a chance, especially as uh, student athletes, the one thing that I always try to impress upon them is who these teammates will be to you over your lifetime. Right. Like, who are these guys? These guys have, have supported me in my marriage. They were there when I got divorced. <laughs> They're the <laughs> uncles for my sons. Right. They're, they, you know, they, they, they have been power bearers for my mom at her funeral. They have held my hand when I was depressed and didn't know what to do. Hmm. They have walked with me in all the best times in the world. But more importantly, man, when I needed somebody, somebody to uh, shoulder to cry on, somebody to, to be around to talk to, this has been what college football means to me. I mean, I even get emotional about it now because it's just the magnitude of what's happening to them. They just, they just don't know because they just don't know. Hmm. But it's the reason – that you do all these things so that you can have these lasting memories. And hopefully if you're winning, right. it can be championship moments. So you can say, remember when and last over wins. Hmm. That's right. Well, that, that's some great stuff right there. And that's what it means to be a Colorado Buffalo. Hey, before we let you go here, you, you made reference to it. We've got to congratulate you. Just this week, you started a new job in our flagship in the Colorado Football Network on KOA in the afternoon there. So good luck with that. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. I know you know so much about this industry, and of course, you worked over at the flagship for so many years. You know, your 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 counsel and going through this has meant the world to me. I, I, I really want to say thank you to you on that and understanding what I was about to go through and 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 walking me through the process. I do want to say thank you to you on that, and I will always represent the University of Colorado with the utmost respect and, and try to bring you nothing but love every single day when you hear me talk about uh, the University of Colorado because I know how it could change a young man's life. We love it. And I tell you what, now there's a lot of pressure this weekend. You're walking out there as the honorary captain. You want to bring your A game now, okay? <laughs> the one thing I can still do is walk out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hey, I, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time with us, man. It means a lot to me and it means a lot to our kids, our program. Thank you so much, Coach Tuck. All right, El. Appreciate it. That's uh, the great Alfred Williams joining us here on Mel Tucker's Inside Zone. Uh, not only arguably the best player in Colorado history, but also the best band member apparently too. Did. You didn't know about that, did you? I, I didn't know about that, man. You know what? You, you learn so much about uh, CU and his history and the a lot of the, the great people that have come through and the great players, and he's certainly one of them. Boy, Bill, you, you talk about having your players and, and young people listen to what El talked about, what what he loved about this place, what he took away from this place, why he thinks it's special, uh, the, the emotion of the leadership that, that Coach Mack supplied at that point in time. That, that, that's the kind of program I know that, that your, your vision is and you're trying to build here. Yeah, that's exactly the type of program. And it's, uh, you know <laughs> – you know, we want to, we want to win, and mm -hmm. we we want to build a championship program that can sustain and can be in that conversation year in and year out. Um, but you know, more importantly, you know, it's it's the opportunity that we provide for these for these young men, yeah. and uh, it's something that, uh, we want them to graduate. You know, have a great career, graduate, um, and and launch their career, their careers after football from here. Um, and have an experience that they'll, they'll be able to take with them for the rest of their lives. All right. Well, we put a wrap on the podcast this week. Good luck this weekend against Nebraska. I appreciate that. We'll be there. All right. That's the head coach, Mel Tucker, on Voice of the Boss, Mark Johnson. Pleasure to talk with the great Alfred Williams here on the Inside Zone this week. Don't forget, the Nebraska Cornhuskers in town this weekend. We'll hit there at 11.30 a.m. with the Bubbly Stampede pregame show. And then a kickoff, we've got uh, Coach Gary Barnett. The great Jeff Campbell's going to join us on the sideline, and we'll have the kickoff 
at 1.30 from Folsom Field. For Mel Tucker, I'm Mark Johnson. Thanks for joining us on Mel Tucker's Inside Zone. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.